Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Phenomenal Forum. I'm your host, Matt Weinstein. A little bit of an impromptu episode here, SummerSlam weekend. It's currently Friday night, 11 o'clock. I'm sitting in my basement. A little bit different here. There's no Andrew Servideo, there's no Mark Sanger, there's no Modern Day Climaraja. But sitting to my left is none other than my older brother, one Eric Weinstein. Eric, what's going on? You've been looking to get on the pod for a while. Here's your time to shine. I got to tell you, the boys are buzzing here on a Friday night. We just watched an exciting New York Mets come from behind win. Boys, girls, children of all ages, let's talk some SummerSlam. So like we said, obviously, SummerSlam weekend is upon us. And what that means is it brings us first to Saturday night NXT TakeOver in Toronto, being headlined by Gargano Cole 3, this time another two out of three falls match. I think that's where we have to start at NXT TakeOver. Of course, whenever Gargano and Cole, whenever they get in the ring, I see it as appointment viewing. You see those guys, if you want to see those guys go in the ring, we've seen it multiple times already. Every time they go into the ring together, it's absolute money in the bank. Leave not that pay-per-view, but it's money every time those guys go at it. And, you know, I can't disagree with you. Obviously, Gargano and Cole, but you can say that about strictly Adam Adam Cole, strictly Johnny Gargano, the two of those guys individually whenever they're in the ring. But obviously, when they're together in this match, we saw it the past two takeovers. This time, we're going to get two out of three falls. The first fall, I believe, Johnny Gargano picked is just a regular, straight-up match, one fall to a finish. The second fall will be a street fight as picked by Adam Cole. And if it does go to the three falls, if, you know, when is a two two out of three falls not go three falls, that one would be picked by NXT general manager William Regal. I'm really looking forward to this. Obviously, the main event of TakeOver has delivered 25 times in a row. This one's going to be number 26. This is a big one. You want to start it off right here with predictions, Eric? Well, I feel like, you know, seeing how Cole, you know, at the last takeover he won the title from Johnny I don't see there's any way that this Adam Cole title reign is ending I think it's going to go the three falls and the biggest intrigue is what is William Regal going to pick as the stipulation it could be anything ladder match cage I mean probably not cage you would see it but you know whatever it could be you know there's so many matches it could be that's what I'm most looking forward to because you know this one's going three falls what is the third fall and how if and or but how does the Undisputed Era get involved. Does Johnny Gargano have any sort of backup to combat them? Or does it just become a four-on-one onslaught and whatever that third fall is? Obviously, fall number two is that street fight. The street fight, those three guys are in play. Exactly. And I know, you know, we'll get to this later on, but you know, um, Fish and Ohio, they do have a match earlier. And as well as Roddy Strong, so he's also in that North American title match. So, I mean, you know, anything can happen with the Undisputed Era. And you know, in the main event of NXT, somebody's always... There's always a rumor somebody might be signing, somebody might be showing up at the end of TakeOver. Maybe it could be in Johnny's corner. You never know. So we'll move things on. Obviously, we don't want to get too into this NXT card. It's really this whole weekend, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. We'll move it on. There's your main event. We started a little backwards, but we'll go back to what's probably going to start off those first couple matches. Candice LeRae in the first 
women's match on a takeover that doesn't have a title involved in about three years. Mrs. Wrestling herself. Candice LeRae taking on Io Shirai. I wouldn't be surprised to see the, either either this or the tag match started off. This is in the spot of usually that showcase match, a regular one-on-one match between two guys, what it has been, two guys the past three years who aren't in any title picture, so maybe a debuting type of deal. But they, they get this spot, a second women's match on the NXT TakeOver card again for the first time since early 2016, the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, so anyway... Uh, you know, very quickly, I, I have Candice LeRae. I think she hasn't had a real spotlight type of match here in NXT until this one. And the only real impact she's made on the black and yellow brand has been in the corner of Johnny Gargano. She needs a big win. Io Shirai, she's done a bunch. She's, you know, she's been in the Royal Rumble. She's done her moonsault. She's been in big money title matches you know, down at NXT, people know who Io Shirai is. People know what she's all about. And I think it's very possible that there's a call-up in her future. I, don't, I thought that, you know, she was going to be the one to beat Shayna Baszler. She didn't do it. And, you know, you push her to the side. Who else is at the table? But Candice, she needs that big win. Otherwise, you know, what what's she got going? I I have a feeling during when I knew we were going to be doing these predictions, there was going to be a lot of disagreement between you and I. However, this is not one of them. Candice will be taking this. I mean, since she's been on NXT, I don't think there's really been a big statement win for Candice. You know, it, she, forget the bigger statement win, a big statement match. Exactly. So this is the, finally, and we know Candice can go. We know, you know, if you watch her on the Indies, I know I haven't seen too many of her indie matches, but I know she can go. This is the perfect, perfect time for her to showcase what she can do in between those ropes. And I'm definitely looking forward to this match, but um, yeah, I definitely have Candice LeRae picking up this win. I, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see this kick off the weekend. Uh, good, solid match. Get that crowd going up in Toronto. Well, moving on, the tag team match, another one that could end up starting this card. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly taking on the current champions, the Street Profits, the Street Profits, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins. First off, we got to talk about Ford and Dawkins have been on Raw week after week after week. They've yet to step foot in the ring, either even walk out in front of the curtain because the rumor is that the two of those guys are solely on Monday Night Raw to a, do what they've been doing is really kind of just recap what's been going on, interact with some people in you know backstage. You know, last week they were with Seth Rollins, whoever they end up talking about, and kind of preview what's up next. They're almost like you know they're building the bridge to those guys because Vince wants that to happen. People who are just tuning in maybe missed something or you know stick around because this is going to happen. Plus. They have those NXT titles around their waists. Maybe it'll get some eyes on NXT. Oh, these guys are funny. Montez Ford. Oh, he's got the red solo cup. He's singing We Want the Smoke. Oh, I like this guy. Where can I see him? He's your NXT tag team champion. Exactly. And that's why there's – I and especially it's too – I think it's too soon in the in their, their tag title run for them to drop these titles back to Fish and O'Reilly. I think you could use Fish and O'Reilly kind of like how on the main roster you could use, say, a team like the Usos where – if there's really nothing much you really can think of about going on with the tag titles, just throw them on the undisputed era. They're just they're you know you're gonna get a solid solid match out of those guys, and I think this match with uh, Ford and Dawkins is just not gonna disappoint. Gotta say I got it again. Street Profits definitely gonna go over showcasing those NXT titles on Raw. Show that these guys are a big deal already. So when that call up comes, whenever it is, you know after WrestleMania this year, next year, whenever it is, or however long they have those titles. That legitimizes them as a great up-and-coming tag team moving forward. The only thing out of that entire statement that I disagree with 
is your outcome of the match. I think that it's about time, you know, for the past year, year and a half, however long, Adam Cole has been talking about the Undisputed Era. They're going to be draped in gold. They're going to run NXT. All through, all well, all four members of the Undisputed Era, they're in title matches. This is the first time ever. I think it's a no-brainer that you have these four guys walk away with all of the gold that NXT has to offer, which, you know, obviously gives a little spoiler to my North American title prediction. We'll get to that in a minute. But the tandem of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, one of, if not the best tag teams in the entire world for sure within the boundaries of the WWE, they take the titles off the Street Profits. I think they've had a solid run, albeit a little quick. They won it at, you know, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, it wasn't WrestleMania weekend. It was at um, TakeOver 25 yes, in, in yes. June, my mistake. But, you know, the War Raiders, the Viking Raiders, Viking Experience, whatever they're <laughs> called this week, they dropped the titles. They vacated them. They went up. So it was a good spot for Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins to get the crowd hot. At Bridgeport, they got you know a much-deserved title victory. They had their quick run with the titles. Montez Ford oozes charisma. I think he's going to be a bonafide star. Yeah, that kid, that guy. I just whenever when you see him on see him on TV, he shows up. There's just something about him where like when I say these about the guys that, and again we'll get to this when we get more into SummerSlam. You see that guy on screen, you just can't take your eyes off him because he's got he's got the big smile, he's got the red cup. There's so much going on with that guy. It's just that guy's going to be money moving forward. And solely what he's done on Monday Night Raw, forget the fact that he hasn't even wrestled, but he's a funny guy. They have a good look. He gets the crowd into it. They got got a bunch of different catchphrases. He's got the crowd in the palm of his hands. And then, if you're familiar with his work on NXT, you're watching these two guys in the ring. And Angelo Dawkins is no slouch himself. He's been a longtime member of the WWE Mm -hmm. developmental system. He was... A part, he was a part of FCW when it was still around. He's been around for a long time, a trooper. He finally got the credit he deserved. He got the gold with Montez Ford, but I think it's easy to say that Ford is, without a doubt, the standout of these two, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do, you know, after this weekend's takeover, win or lose, again, to see if they go to the main roster full-time, whatever they end up doing, but I do think that, again, they are going to drop those titles to Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They'll become, I believe it's a three-time NXT Tag Team Champions at that point. I believe it will, the two of them as a tandem will be three, but Kyle O'Reilly, I'm pretty sure that'll be the fourth time he has won them. He won them once with Roddy Strong. That's a record in its own right. The three is the record, but Kyle O'Reilly going for that fourth Tag team title reign making some NXT history. Somebody will fact check for us. I'm sure we'll get a tweet or something about that. We'll fact check that. I'm, pre- I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm a, I'm pretty good when it comes to stuff like that. We'll move it on. We got two matches left. Actually, just one match left because we started with. Oh no, two matches left. My mistake. We did start with Cole versus Gargano in the two out of three falls. We'll go to the women's title match. Shayna Baszler with a hard clinch on that NXT women's title. She will be defending against none other than Mia Yim. Mia Yim, pretty solid, don't get me wrong, but there's there's no shot here. I mean, Nine times out of ten, everyone's going to pick Shayna I mean, Baszler here. Can, can I cut you off? Go for it. Is there, is there any chance that Mia Yim leaves with the title? I'm going to say there is less than 0% that Shayna Baszler loses the title. Shayna Rousey, if you will. She's not losing any time soon. And here's the thing about Shayna Baszler and the, you know, the different opponents she's had the last couple – you know, the various takeovers, really the past year or so, 
you know, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane. You know, Kyrie Sane did take the title offer and then Baszler won it back. These are, you know, these are the superstars who it was plausible that they could, you know, at the very least put up a fight with Shayna Baszler, if not take the strap off of her. But Mia Yim, she hasn't done anything in NXT. She's won a couple matches lately. She got the match, but I thought this was going to be a Candice LeRae spot. And even that, you know, just because I like Candice LeRae, I like Johnny Gargano, but that, that's it would have been the same type of deal. I don't know who is going to take the title off of Shayna Baszler. Honestly, it's becoming, I, I, it's became already, it's become. There it is. The, yeah, I'm doing my best. It's late, it's late at night. I'm doing my best here. This has become the same that the Asuka situation was, where it was almost nobody is going to beat this woman. We need to just take the title off her and send her up. Well, I mean, every time if I'm watching TakeOver or I'm watching whatever, NXT, whenever she's got a title match, it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, I know she's going to win anyway, so I'm not even going to watch it. But at least the matches with Shayna... They're always really good. So it's not like, oh, yeah, this is the popcorn match. Oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever. The matches are always good, so you can't miss them. But we know the outcome. So, I mean, yeah, this, what are we talking about here? This isn't the match where she's going to drop the title. I do think that eventually it may become, hey, we're going to do to you what we did with Asuka. Go up to the main roster. We'll have some sort of tournament. We'll do something. Because it does need like a soft reset, that NXT women's division, under Baszler, there's not much, you know, again, again, credible talent to take the strap off Baszler. She's been so dominant. Well, you know who's coming. The VXT is on the way. That's My true. girl, Deanna Perrazzo. She's on the way. Well, you got her, you got Chelsea Green, but you can talk about these old women the same way we're talking about Mia Yim and Candice LeRae and whoever. The only women realistically... Currently on the NXT roster that you could say are going to take the title off of Baszler or if Bianca Belair gets another shot or if Io Shirai. Other than that, there's not, there's nobody. We're just waiting on the Virtuosa. She'll take it. We're stop, good. Stop, stop it. <laughs> She's wrestled one time. Enough. Uh, all right, one, one more NXT TakeOver match. And I'm going to go out here. I think this is going to be the match of the weekend. I think this will 100% still the show. The triple threat match for the North American Championship the Velveteen Dream defending against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Obviously, you know, if you've been listening the past 12 minutes, you know that I've already said that I do think that the entire Undisputed Era is going to leave with gold, which would mean my pick to win this match is Roderick Strong. And it's another, you know, another match where we're going to disagree on because I don't think the story of the Velveteen Dream as your North American champion is finished yet. I mean, this guy, I mean... Everything he does is magic. It's gold, this guy. I mean, I could watch this guy, and it's the old Ric Flair saying, wrestle a, a plank of wood in the ring and get a good match. I mean, this guy, it's just everything he does, it's just another guy where you say you just can't take your eyes off him when he walks in the ring. His entrance, his moves, how he moves in the ring, he's just, I'm not ready for that title to be off him yet. I think Velotine Dream retains in the match of the night, easy, at least, uh, Melter rating of four and a half stars. I, I think it's match of the weekend. I don't think it's even going to be close. I don't think that, I don't think that there's any match on the SummerSlam card that is going to hold a candle. The only AJ Ricochet, and that's it. That's if they give it the if time. They, if they give it the time and they pull out all the stops, maybe if we get a motivated Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston, we could see that one towards the top of the card. But this Pete Dunn 
Roderick Strong Velveteen Dream Triple Threat match is lights out going to be the the match of the weekend. I feel. I mean, how many of these big four takeover and pay per views have we had where? Oh yeah, another NXT match was the best match of the weekend. I feel like it's been that way for the past like four years. And how many times <laughs> have we said that about a match? That involved the Velveteen Dream, or that honestly more so that involved Pete Dunne. You know, matches against Tyler Bate way back when, the match against Walter in New York. Everything Pete Dunne, everything Pete Dunne does is just absolutely electric. He's a guy. You know, Eric, we had had this conversation a few weeks ago. We'd had the conversation with our dad, with our uncle. You know, if if you started a company and you had five guys that you could pick to poach from the WWE and you know build your brand with. No, neither of us picked Pete Dunne, but then later in the day, we both looked at each other and was like, wait a minute, how is this guy not on our list? He's 24 years old. He's he's the future of the business. I believe we were in Chicago then. I just looked at you. We were on, I think we are on the architecture cruise, and then I looked at you and I was like, wait, am I allowed to pick Pete Dunne? I was like, all right, yeah, Fit Bauer's out. We're going Pete Dunne. It, it, it's a no-brainer. He's, he's incredible. Easy, easy choice. I think that, and I'm glad that he's back. On NXT US television. He had the, the long, long run with the UK title. He dropped it to Walter, rightfully so. He's back on the the US side of the NXT brand. I think he's another guy that could go, obviously could go up to the main roster. But again, it comes down to, is there anything for him? What's the deal? But I think, I think that a run, at least in contention with the NXT World Championship... Is in the near future for Pete Dunne. I think that's next. I think the the idea, like I'm as a wrestling fan, I'm salivating at the idea of Adam Cole and Pete Dunne getting like 25 minutes to just beat the you know what out of each other and just have just a stellar match. And Pete Dunne held that North American title for almost 700 days. UK title. What did I say? You said North American. Title. I did say North. That's what he's, he's yet def- to yeah. hold. That that's what he's fighting for on uh, Saturday night. But it's late. Again, yeah, it's currently 11.26 p.m. on Friday, August the 9th, uh, and we're sitting on our basement. But anyway, Pete Dunne, again, he held that, nor- that again, one more time. Pete Dunne held <laughs> that United Kingdom Championship there it is. for almost 700 days. He doesn't need a run with the North American title. Exactly. I think all he needs to do is just you know continue to put out incredible matches, incredible work, you know, and just work on his crap before because we know – Raw or SmackDown's in his future, uh, for sure. I, I'm going to go outside. Obviously, I said that I think Roddy's going to win this match. I think that either what will what'll happen, I think that Pete Dunne is going to have the match won. And Strong will come out and kind of weasel his way into the match. Maybe win with a roll-up or does something. Or, or, or Dunne hits the bitter end on the Velveteen Dream. And, you know, Roddy Strong throws Dunn out of the ring, pins Dream, something like that. I don't think that Pete Dunn is going to lose this ice What a heel. I think that he's going to be in the plans to feud with, whether it's Strong, Adam Cole, whoever, the Undisputed Era, at that main event level of NXT. I think that's where he's headed. And for the Velveteen Dream, there's been a lot, a lot of speculation. When is he going to go to the main roster? He's obviously ready. I wouldn't be surprised. If they go the complete two extremes, if he gets called up tomorrow, or if he doesn't get called up for another three years. He's only, what, maybe 23, 24 years old, I think. You know, the sky's the limit for the Velveteen Dream, but I do think he's going to drop 
that North American title. But he's another guy where this story, just because if, like I'm saying, I think Roddy Strong's going to win the title, that doesn't mean this is done. You have these three guys here. It might be not a dusty finish, but it's not one guy's not going to get pinned. He's going to have a claim. This, this story is not going to be done between these three guys. I don't think so. I think whoever is the one who doesn't get pinned, I think you'll see them at the next takeover with the next North American title shot. Something like that. Um, and I mean, like you said, Velveteen's what, 23? I think we'll be talking about Velveteen for the next 15 years. For, for, for the next while. 15 years of the Phenomenal Forum, we'll be talking about the Velveteen dream. So we'll move things on to the main card of SummerSlam 2019. I'm going to grab another beverage. On Sunday, uh, Poland Spring coming at you here but uh but before we start talking about SummerSlam and the men and women who are on the card we do have to touch about who's not on the card the first two we're gonna talk about Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan the rumor the two of those guys they were gonna be in this huge match at SummerSlam after you know last week's Smackdown where the you know the forklift incident and Smackdown ended on the on the cliffhanger with, you know, who who attacked Roman Reigns, who set him up, whatever. Nothing came of it. Then Monday, Samoa Joe was talking about it. He said he was uh, he was falsely accused. And then Roman got hit with the car. And then at the end of SmackDown, Roman calls out Buddy Murphy because he was in the video. He tells him Rowan was involved, but not Daniel Bryan. And then SmackDown just ended then that, that was the go-home for SummerSlam. These two guys don't have a match. Can I ask what took us so long to get there? I mean, I understand. I, for, first of all, SummerSlam is way too early. It's always either the second to last or the last weekend of August. It's, the, what, the it, second it, Sunday yeah, of it's August? it's the 11th. It very easily yeah, could have been next I mean, week or the week after. I mean, so we rushed this story. We, as like I wrote it, we rushed this story of Roman getting attacked with the forklift, getting hit by the car. I mean, and then for it to just be Buddy Murphy, who I like Buddy Murphy. The guy can work his you-know-what off. But, I mean, is Roman Buddy Murphy what we really want here? I mean, well, I do. Well, thank you. I mean, Buddy Murphy, I know the guy is great. I mean, that guy, when he was – his run as Cruiserweight champion was fantastic. But, like, Roman and Buddy Murphy, who? how is that believable? Okay, so you don't do Roman and Buddy Murphy. All right, so it's Roman and Eric Rowan. Well, Roman Not and Rowan. Eric. I don't know who Eric Rowan is. His I name is Rowan. I don't either. Get with the program. Upside down Sheamus. I mean, it's just, are you excited for Rowan and Roman Reigns? Well, obviously, if they do that, it leads to Daniel Bryan. And some people, when the news of you know Roman versus Daniel Bryan going to be at SummerSlam came out, it was almost like, this is a WrestleMania match. You're going to give it no build and announce it the go-home before SummerSlam. I see both sides, but these two guys just aren't on the, on the card. Samoa Joe, who was involved in the story a little bit, he's not on the card. What are you? Is there going to be some sort of backstage segment, an altercation? These two guys are going to get into a fight. And at this point, what bothers me the most is just the dropping of the storylines. Like it was, oh, well, obviously they didn't go out and on TV and say, you're going to get this match. That was all online in the dirt sheets. Just really just rumors, but it looked like it was playing out that way. Plus, a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, on WWE social media, they, you know, they're promoting this career-altering announcement from Daniel Bryan, which they've dropped. So you're dropping the career-altering announcement. You're more or less dropping this... I mean, they're not dropping the Roman Daniel Bryan story, but they're dropping it in terms of SummerSlam for the most part. 
like how is how is anything gonna work out if you're just you're leaving your two top stars off of your second biggest show of the year? So yeah, exactly. That's what that's exactly what my point was gonna be. So instead of building up, you know, it's SummerSlam. This could be you know how they like to do those. Oh, there's multiple main events. This could be one of those quote unquote multiple main events. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, how many championships between the two of them? They had that match at Fastlane a few years ago that was excellent. So you can build it up for whatever the next pay-per-view is, what is it, like Vengeance or whatever whatever it is. Uh, there's a new Backlash. One. There's or... a new one, I think. Or no, they just did the new one, Stomping Grounds. I don't know what's... Uh, whatever it is. Hell in a Cell. Destruction. Like a whatever it is. Clash of Champions, I think, is, the uh, next, is actually hooray. the next one. Okay, but, great. So instead but, of having it on, on SummerSlam, you know, a huge show, it's been a... It's been around forever. You're gonna have it at Clash of Champions, which they just like. Oh, remember WCW? Let's do Clash of Champions. We have Clash the, of Champions. we have this too. We, have, we have it all in the vault. But the issue here is that the way you explained it is, you know, like we're talking about these are the top two guys in the company. You have a Seth Rollins here and AJ Styles there. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are the top two guys in the company. They are. And if you, if this match was on the card. And you told me Sunday morning, hey, SummerSlam's tonight, but you're only allowed to watch one match. This is the match I'm going to watch. This is this trumps Brock Seth. This trumps Randy Kofi. Dolph Ziggler Goldberg. It trumps him. I'm sorry. We'll get to that. But I don't I, These are your top two guys. You're leaving them off the card. I would bet a whole lot of money that somehow they're going to be involved in the card. They're not going to get a match. But again, like you said, where does this even blow off? It's a WrestleMania feud, but it's not going to hold for the next six months. Are you going to maybe try to stretch it out till Survivor Series? That's I have I no was, idea. That's what I was thinking. If it had to be anything, I mean, it would be Survivor Series, which, I mean, is November. It's not like it's so far away. But how many Raws and SmackDowns do we have until then? But for three months, how many times can you say, you attacked me? No, I didn't. No, but you did. Yeah. Like, you can't do it's it. It's just, I mean, handled. And the way things have been going the past few weeks, I've actually enjoyed the past couple weeks of wrestling. Shout after, out Paul Heyman there. Sh- shout out the boys. I mean, after the past six months of garbage, it's been really nice to since, see. Since the day after Mania. Exactly. It's been really nice to see some really good you know, episodes of television were on SmackDown in a row. I just, it was surprising to see this storyline just, oh yeah, I guess we'll just wait. I mean, why have it on our second biggest show of the year? And my thing is, you know, we'll wrap this story up. There's a possibility. I was going to say good chance, but I'm not, I'm not so sure about saying that. But there is a possibility okay. that the Roman Daniel Bryan story is going somewhere. They know what they're doing. They have a plan. And it could be very good, and I might look back and say, hey, I was complaining for nothing. But right now, I am frustrated. I am upset because Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, you know, a week and a half ago when I read, uh, you know, r slash squared circle, and I said, wow, we're getting that match. I'm, I'm all hyped up. I was, I was excited. I was ready to go. And now we're going to get, I think, you know, the same way we got Rowan and The Rock at WrestleMania 32 for Three seconds. I think we might get that with Cla- Roman. Classic. I think we're gonna get Roman versus Rowan out of nowhere to SummerSlam. I wouldn't be surprised. Am I allowed to compare this build to the build of the NBA free agency New York Knicks? It was Kevin Durant. It was Kyrie Irving. Eh, it's actually Bobby Portis. It's, a- and Taj it's, it's actually Roman versus Rowan. But 
But at least, you know, I hate to tell you this, but at least Roman versus Rowan can lead to Roman versus Daniel Bryan. Signing Bobby Portis wasn't going to lead to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Okay, next. We'll, we'll move it on. You did that to yourself. We'll move it on to that SummerSlam card. Obviously, we mentioned Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns not on the card. Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre also not on the card, which I found interesting. There was rumor as well that we were going to get a, a true official Drew versus Cedric match. We'll probably get that on Monday or something like that. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why am I supposed to care about Drew McIntyre? <sighs> I mean, they screwed him up once. Two times now. Only. I don't get it. Only the world, not, I almost said World Wrestling Federation, only the WWE could we'll, screw we'll, up a we'll, guy. We'll bleep that out in post. Like, <laughs> they could only screw up a guy like Drew McIntyre. He's got the look. The, Two different times. The accent. He's handsome. The moveset. Nah, well... We'll just let him, you know, and then lose he, to everyone. And then he left the first time, reestablished himself, came back like an absolute mammoth. Absolute big time when he came back. And then it just like... And he did the same thing. Oh, this, is, this, is, immediately. A, this is a really big guy that we can have lose to Roman and Mania at his comeback, Matt. Like, that's all it was. Since then, it's loss after loss. It's, oh, well, you know, and he's teaming with everybody ever. He's Dolph Ziggler's lackey. He's Shane McMahon's lackey. Let this guy be, be the Universal Champion. I said it week after week when we were at that Royal Rumble build. I said, this man needs to win the Royal Rumble and I want to see Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That was the match that I wanted. A lot of people did. And once we didn't get that, I feel like there was nowhere to go but down for Drew McIntyre. Now he's left off the SummerSlam card. I mean, I see Drew McIntyre. And I'm like, all right, who's he losing to this week in a screwy finish? Who's going to roll him up and win? Or It's just it's a shame. But, I mean, but on the other side of it, I do enjoy that Cedric Alexander starting to become I don't want to say a major player on Raw, but like like an everyday player. He's he's on the show every single week in a relatively big spot. He closed the show a couple weeks ago with that big beatdown with Roman and Joe. Yeah. McIntyre, the Usos, the whole thing. He looked like a million bucks when he jumped off the stage. That's a star-making spot right there. I always thought Cedric, I mean, this is no shade on 205 Live. All those guys can work. But, I mean, I always thought Cedric was, was way too good for 205 Live. That guy needs to be... You know, on Raw and SmackDown every week. That guy is that guy can work. Speaking speaking of two oh five live, we're gonna get this thing started. Ten matches listed on the Wikipedia page. That's how official we are. Shout um, out Wikipedia. I would not be surprised if this first one gets bumped to some sort of kickoff show, not a pre show, a kickoff show. The cruiserweight championship being defended by Drew Gulak. Against a newcomer to two, a relative newcomer to two hundred five live, Oni Lorkin. Yeah, I'll be eating dinner during that match, which I'm actually very excited about. I'm sure you are. However, hey, we like Gulak, Gaba Gulak. Shout out Enzo. I mean, am I gonna watch it? Probably not. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure I'll eventually get to the highlights, but it's gonna be very hard hitting, very aggressive. These two guys are gonna beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, great. On the end, the good the. One, you know, the one silver lining about putting a match like this on the kickoff show is they might give them 13 minutes as opposed to the four they'd get on the main card. So, you know, I got Gulak. I think that's easy. But um, Oni Lorcan, he, he puts on really good work. Uh, he's putting, putting together a string of wins on 205 Live. I'm excited to see what he keeps doing. But, yeah, Gulak's the one. Who was he? Biff Busick, I think? Biff Busick. Yeah, okay. That, that's who he was on the Indies. That's a better name. All right, moving on. All right, so we'll start this thing off with a big one. A few weeks ago, it was on WWE television, it was confirmed we were going to get Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz, because Dolph Ziggler super kicked Shawn Michaels, which means he wrestles The Miz. Of course, yeah, that's how that works. Strike one. 
<laughs> now, we have a Miz TV on Monday, and Miz has, gives Dolph the contract that he did not read, and he said, all right, I'm going to see you on Monday because you're not wrestling me as Shawn Michaels is in the ring, and everybody goes, oh, and Shawn Michaels goes, Dolph, it's not me. To which that point, there was no reason for Shawn Michaels to ever be a part of the story. Correct. And then, because Dolph had been calling out Goldberg in the past couple of promos, belittling Shawn Michaels and his career, Goldberg is the match we're going to get with Dolph Ziggler. And this has done two things. The first thing this has done is prove that everybody within the WWE, specifically Goldberg, want to erase that Undertaker match out of your memory. 100%. And two, what this has taught me is that everybody talks about, you know, with the with the exception of the DX versus Brothers of Destruction match in November, everybody talks Yeesh. about everybody talks about a Shawn Michaels ret- one-off return. And what I've finally realized these past couple weeks is that if that match would have ever happened, which I don't think it will, I don't think it should, I don't think the tag match should have happened, but I don't want to see Shawn Michaels versus Seth. I don't want to see Shawn Michaels versus Daniel Bryan. I don't want to see Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles. The match I want to see is Shawn Michaels versus Dolph Ziggler. And you can call me crazy, you can call me an idiot. Of the, If I had to pick one of the four, Shawn Michaels... And Dolph Ziggler is the match I would like to see. I agree with you on that because, I mean, as long as I can remember Dolph being there, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Even since then, I mean, everybody always says, wow, this guy looks a lot like Shawn Michaels. Wow, he does a super kick just like Shawn Michaels. Forget forget the super kick. Not even everything about – right. That guy, it's just – it made sense. They have the same body type, same size, you know, long blonde hair. You know, they shake their ass when they walk into the ring. I mean – it's all these, you know, they had so many similarities. I would have loved to have seen Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler. However, I hear that first drum of Goldberg's music. I love Goldberg, and Dolph is going to bump his butt off in this match. And here's my here's my thing. I'm not upset that this match is happening. I actually think it's a really good idea. However, if this match is bell rings, spear, jackhammer, one, two, three. This is a colossal waste of my time. My time and everybody else's time. I think we'll get seven minutes of Goldberg because he's going to be blown up by the time he gets in the ring. Dolph will carry him like Dolph carries so many other people. I think we'll get a seven-minute match with a Goldberg spear and jackhammer. We'll call it a day. I think five is. Pl- I think five is five minutes is plenty. Obviously, Goldberg is going to go over. But like I said, they want to get that taste of that bad Undertaker match out of your mouth. If anybody can carry Goldberg, and I'm not going to say to a good match, to a serviceable match, where you could say, oh, Goldberg didn't look too bad. You'll pop the crowd. You'll get everybody into it. Everybody's going to be chanting, Goldberg, Goldberg, you know, Dolph will get his. Oh, the bad guy, the cowardly bad guy gets his. And honestly, I think if they trust Dolph to, you know, to work Goldberg here, not a lot of guys can work with Goldberg. Exactly. If they trust Dolph here, this this could be good for Dolph Ziggler moving forward, think which about, is something we've all wanted. Think about who Goldberg has worked since he's come back. He worked Brock, he worked Kevin Owens for eleven seconds, and he worked the Undertaker. That's it. And in the Royal Rumble, he what did he step to Roman Reigns for ten seconds? No, he wasn't even in the match yet. I don't think. That, I think Undertaker that, eliminated. Who I think knows? it was just Undertaker. Yeah, he didn't. That's it. Owens, Undertaker. 
Brock and maybe Roman, if that even happened. I might be making that it up. It didn't happen. Ed's, I don't think it did. But if you add Ziggler to that list, obviously they, ha- they have a lot of faith in him. They trust him. Give me four to five minutes. Carry, you know, carry into a serviceable match. Uh, give me give me one super kick. Goldberg can kick out at one. I don't care. But just let him hit a super kick. Goldberg gets the win. Spear, jackhammer. Let's, you know, let's flex a little bit. He'll yell. Maybe his kid will be there. The, I was, gonna, we'll I was about to. You took it out of me. I was going to say <laughs> the, the prop bet is whether or not Goldberg's son will get into the ring. And the extra mustard on top is will he take his shirt off. The kid? Yeah. The kid. Yeah. I put money on that. Uh, so anyway, we'll move it on. So you got Goldberg. Duh. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, <laughs> we're moving on. Another match with a uh, with a returning superstar that I am also pleasantly surprised, you know, happy with is Trish Stratus versus Charlotte. I have gone on to say time and time again that already Charlotte is the best women's wrestler of all time. And I feel like we and don't we don't really have to spend too much time on this. It's not close. She's number one. She has been for a long time. I don't think there will ever be somebody like Charlotte, and she's not that old. She'll be around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, she's got a while to go just to continue doing what she does, and she's she's awesome. We we love Charlotte here. She's she's great. And really, for the first time, from, from WrestleMania to now, really for the first time since she's been active on the main roster— She's not in the title picture, and that's fine because that's where a lot that's where a lot of the the hate to Charlotte comes from. Is oh she wins all the time. She's always in the main event. It's like that's it's it's almost like the, smells the early two like, thousands John Cena. I was gonna the, say the smells reason like people Cena. hated John Cena is the kind of the reason people hate Charlotte Flair. You take her out of the championship picture for a little bit, but again the same reason we said how do you not have Roman or Daniel Bryan on this SummerSlam card? You can't have Charlotte off the SummerSlam card. Agreed. If she's not in that match, hello, we're in Toronto. You bring in Trish Stratus for what she's announced is her retirement match. This is perfect. Trish can still work a little bit. We saw that in the past couple of years when she's come back for you know the Rumble, Evolution, whatever it is. I'm excited for this. I obvi- Again, I think it's a no-brainer. I think Charlotte gets the win. Trish puts her over on her way out the door. And come Tuesday night or Monday night, wherever Charlotte ends up, wild card rule. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> You'll su- never hear that again. You'll never hear wild card rule ever again. Such and such champion. Hey, by the way, I just beat Trish Stratus. Where's my title shot? Exactly. And, I mean, we're going to hear the laugh. We're going to hear Lil' Kim start rapping. Time to rock and roll. And the crowd is going to go banana lands for her. And, again, this is something that Trish is one of those old school, you know, old school superstars, she knows that the way that a legend goes out is taking the one, two, three from an up and coming or current star, unless you're Hulk Hogan. But yeah, this is, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just, we're, we're burying the Hulkster tonight, so, brother. Wow. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, a, we don't really have to spend too much more time. Charlotte's going to tap her out with the figure eight. We'll call it a day. Trish will get the nice send off in, in Toronto, her hometown. Um, the former, what is it now? Scotiabank? I think so. I don't know, wherever the Leafs play. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it'll be great to see her go one more time. Maybe we'll get a Stratus faction, hopefully a chick kick. Um, but yeah, we're going Stratus. I think it'll get, it'll get decent time. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the longest of the three women's matches. Yeah, I would think so. If this gets more time than both the Raw and SmackDown women's titles, at the very least, um, one of them, but I think, I think this will be the longest of the three. Uh, so we, we both got Charlotte. That was an easy one. Uh, we'll move it on. This one I'm really excited for. 
Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. The Fiend. The Fiend, if you will. And, you know, after Mania, you know, about that mid-May, early June phase when Raw was just the absolute pits. It was the worst. Bad and not good. The only thing that I... And, like, I wasn't tuning in live every week. I was watching it the next day on DVR or later that night. A lot of YouTube. But a lot the only of YouTube. Th- at that point, you know, there's a lot of playoff basketball going on. We were tuning in and out. But the only thing that every single Monday I made sure to watch live, I went out of my way to find it, was the Firefly Funhouse. Correct. I mean, whenever... You know, I was. It was either NBA playoffs, hockey playoffs. You know, whatever was on. You know, beginning of baseball season. You know, I was really tuning out because we're all was just terrible. It was bad. But, and but, then I would hear somebody yell, "Yo, Firefly Funhouse hey, is on," and here. I would immediately change the channel. So I mean, it and the payoff I think has been great. I think the fiend is just it's so interesting. That's that's what's keeping me. You know, it's just it's just it's I want to see what the fiend will do. What Bray Wyatt was able to do. With this character, with this gimmick, which started with a, you know, Mr. Rogers, Steve from Blue's Clues type deal, you know, with the sweater and the hurt and the heel gloves, rambling rabbit, Huskis, the pig boy, the whole thing is just, it's the best. And he's, uh, the, the word is that he's come up with all of it, which I don't doubt. He's a freaking genius. Yeah, that guy, this, I mean, you have to know, there's no way any writer could have came up with this. I mean... The way this guy, he's just, I remember the first time he said, all you have to do is let me in. And it just and I was like, and the music stopped. And I just like snap a finger. I was like, I'm wait, hooked. Wait a minute. This is terrifying. I was What's like, What's happening next I, week? I'm hooked. And like, I was all in on the Firefly Funhouse. And, you know, we're going to see the payoff here. We heard that Finn, you know, he's getting married. You know, you know, congratulations to Finn Balor. Mazel tough to him. Um, he's taking some time He's taking off. some time, most likely, to spend time with his fiance, future wife. Um, and then we'll see, maybe we'll see him back around Survivor Series, you know. I want to see, because more than likely at SummerSlam, it's going to be The Fiend versus Finn Balor. Not The Demon. Yes, that's what I would think. I think at Survivor Series, there's a good shot we get The Fiend versus The Demon King. Yeah, I think, yeah. And it pains me to say Demon King and not just The Demon, but well, that's If it was up to me, I would call it Finn Balor. You know, painted because he's the same. He's the because same guy. The same guy, but, but you know, they got to take demon. everything and stretch it. Sure, thanks, Michael demon. Cole. But um, yeah, Bray Wyatt makes sense. Finn Balor's going going away for a little bit. You get the fiend that big first win. We're he, gonna finally get the big Bray Wyatt pay per view win. Never thought I would see it. I would see fourteen since he rest, since he wrestled Cena at Mania. It's just been like he had a couple matches with Kane. Is he gonna win ever? He had, a, he tonight, had that Ring of Sunday Fire will match be it. at SummerSlam thirteen. It yeah. was his debut as a Bray Wyatt. Yeah, somehow mess. somehow that's been left off my favorite match list. So so far, including gonna be halfway through. Including no? the Gulak, we're four out of ten. Including the Gulak Lorkin match, we've agreed with all four matches which is very surprising that's that's wildly boring um united states championship aj styles defending against ricochet aj won the title back um now that he has gals anderson back with him i'm really interested to see who you think is going to win this match because i think we're going to be we're going to differ well my biggest thing is not necessarily who's going to win the match but We've seen the past couple of weeks, you know, AJ has Anderson and Gallows behind him. And Ricochet has had uh, a little bit, like the Usos have been helping him out a little bit. 
The Usos are not allowed in. Well, Jimmy Uso. It's just it's unbelievable. Is not allowed. I think it's Jimmy Uso. I just don't understand. If, if he's not allowed in Canada because of his recent DWI. Just an aside, I never understand the athlete DWI. Call an Uber, bro. Like it's so easy. Like you have all this money. Call an Uber, my guy. Like it would have been fine. So, but I don't know what the deal is gonna be. There's, I mean, there's no way that Anderson and Gallows are just gonna let this match lie and just have straight up AJ Styles versus Ricochet, which would be incredible. Naturally, but, we, but we've seen that three, four times already. I know I won't get tired of it. If they want to do it again, no, it's fine no, by me. But if we're gonna further this storyline, what else do you have? What else are you gonna give me? And I don't think they're just gonna turn the title right back over to Ricochet. I do think that AJ Styles is gonna win, but. Is this story over? The way to find out really is, is somebody going to be in Ricochet's corner? I don't think anybody's going to be in Ricochet's corner. <laughs> However, I think Ricochet is going to walk away as a two-time, two-time, two-time United that States was three champion. Two times. But um, how do you feel? You know, your Anderson Gal is going to get involved. They're going to get thrown th- from ringside. I think they, it's one of those things where they try to interfere early on and... Hopefully it's a veteran efficient official, someone like Mike Kyoto is doing this match and sees the problem and immediately tosses them back to the locker room. And I think Ricochet, it's it'll be it's a really cool moment. This is a really a way to you know make Ricochet stand out. You know he's going against AJ Styles. You know well, obviously the WWE loves. I mean best wrestler of the generation. Facts. I mean this guy is unbelievable. We know that. You know this is a huge spot for Ricochet to cement himself as one of the top guys in the company. I mean, if he can beat the the OC, which you know we we can leave the name out of it, yeah. but if he can beat those guys, I call that, them Gals and Anderson. Yeah, I just call it Gals, Anderson, and AJ. I mean, the, the OC is awful, but um, the original I'm, club, the only club that matters. It was a Fox show in the mid two thousands. It was a borderline soap. Um, I mean, I just think this is a way for to solidify Ricochet as one of the top guys in the company. They already know. Um, that he's going to be around, you know, for a long, long time. That this guy's going to be near the top of the card for years. So why not solidify him by beating? I would say maybe the top heels in the company. You know, beating a beating AJ. Yeah. You know, beating him clean. You know, with Gals and Anderson getting tossed. I mean, that's. I think this could be the match of the night. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I don't agree with the um the statement of them being the top heels of the company. The top heel of the company is. By a very large margin, Brock Lesnar. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep moving it on. We'll get to his match a little later. So, five matches in. We're halfway through this SummerSlam card. SmackDown women's title. Bailey versus Ember Moon. I like Ember Moon a whole lot. But Bailey has had a very, very good run with this, with this SmackDown women's title. And I don't think that she's going to drop it just yet. I just think that the build has been, like, fine i guess i mean everybody you know everybody loves oh you never get your opportunity i'm gonna give you an opportunity now i mean it's just baby face baby face match which i like i always like i you know i'm a sucker for a good handshake before a match and code then, of honor baby and then you know after the match you know hard fought battle we hug it out and then whoever lost leaves and gives the winner the credit they're due because you know with a big fight after, you know, a double cross, that doesn't happen every single time. I mean, sometimes people actually respect one another. And I mean, what was Ember Moon doing before 
Bailey gave her this title shot. She's just like Sonya and Mandy Rose were just making fun of her in the back. I mean, which was mean, very mean. Bullying is bad. Hashtag be a, be star. a star. I mean, it's funny because as an aside, I saw Mandy and Sonya were the like spokespeople at a be a star event. That's They're like funny. the biggest bullies in the company, but whatever. Um, I so to, I happen to enjoy that. That was it. Was I was just like this, uh, whatever. Kayfabe's dead. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't even. I've never heard that word. What? What is it? I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Anyway, so I think Ember Mood, there's so much, and I hate to sound like the biggest like mark in the world. There is so much potential for Ember Moon. The look, nobody's ever looked like her. You know, her gear, her in-ring, the eclipse is awesome when she hits it right. Oh I my mean, God. this, she's a, I mean, I hate to use their word. This girl could be a superstar. This girl, she is Unbelievable! The, the con, like the little things, like her contact lenses, like, like the entrance. Yeah, so she's a total pack. Yeah, great, great song. And great song. More, it's in my workout playlist. And the more, the more that we talk about it, the more that we discuss the story between these two. The way I just said that I want Bailey to win. It's two baby faces, and you know if they hug it out at the end of the match, and we don't get a double cross, and you know Ember Moon, if she were to be the loser, walks to the ring with some dignity and says, "Oh, congrats, Bailey." Da 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 da. The more I'm talking about that, the more my prediction is changing. I think Bailey wins. They hug it out, and Ember Moon turns heel. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we we spoke a lot about this match. When I feel like we're gonna get the Bailey wins, you know, Ember Moon holds her her arm up, walks to the back, Bailey. Does the thing where she holds her arms up, you know, we sing her song, hooray, I love that song. And then, song, you know, song. we're moving on. We're moving right, chugging right along at SummerSlam yeah, 2019. I got Ember Moon turning heel after a loss, and then we get this match at Clash of Champions with a heel Ember Moon potentially beating Bailey the second time. Also, another aside, well, I guess not really an aside, but part of this, because Toronto's one of those crowds where they're like New York or Boston or Chicago, you know, these big cities where... The crowd sometimes can be a little bit on the weird side. You know, where they come up, they decide to pick somebody, and they're just behind them the whole way. I mean, or they turn on some sort of, like, on a baby face. I think this could be the match where the Toronto fan, they just, they really, they get sick of Bailey, and they just really get behind Uh, Ember. I could could be wrong, but it's just, you know, it's it's one of those crowds. And speaking of the Toronto crowd, the reason that we were, we were supposed to get Sami Zayn, Aleister Black, at SummerSlam. Instead, they put it on SmackDown for two reasons. One, because Vince rewrote the show about three hours before SmackDown started. As he does. And when he rewrote it, he realized that they were like 45 minutes short. So he had to add some stuff, and that was one of the things he added. But Shout out VKM. But two, is that Aleister Black, being portrayed as a babyface early on in this big run, looks like he's going to get a huge push. Sami Zayn, really the first, I guess second, guy to step to him. We had the match with Cesaro and Alistair Black last month. Sami Zayn is like God in Toronto. Oh, he's a good old Canadian boy. He was not getting booed. Yeah, there's no shot. I so mean, they, they didn't need Alistair Black to... I don't think he, Alistair Black was going to get booed either, but they didn't need Alistair Black to be the second most cheered guy in the match. Agreed. I mean, what is he from? Lavelle, Quebec, Canada. Once they hear Canada, it doesn't matter who is wrestling. It's it's the Canadian boy, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred. It was it was the right move. I mean, a because you know he doesn't know. I guess Vince doesn't know how to tell time. But b, I mean, because Sammy was gonna get. I mean, we remember when he came out in the U.S. Open Challenge. When I mean, he was in Montreal. But after any, being 
introduced by Bret Hart. How Canadian as Canadian as it gets, boys. Um, I mean, you might as well put a Leaf jersey on him and just let him shoot slap shots at Freddie Anderson. I mean, what would it? I mean, it was the right move. And honestly, it would have been, the show would have taken that. What well, you would have given that match at least another 12, 13 minutes with entrances. The show would have gone on forever. It got so more, I th- and it also got more time. Exactly, it was a smart move putting that on SmackDown. And now we mentioned the Toronto crowd. We mentioned the hometown guy. Next match is Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Yawn. Stipulation: If Kevin Owens loses, he must quit. He's quit three or four times at this point. Comes back the next week. But here's the deal. This has got to be the big payoff. This the end of this Shane McMahon heel best in the world run. Can I tell you something? I guess. I've never said this about a Kevin Owens storyline match, etc., whatever you want to call it. I could not care less about this match at all. And I would never thought considering you know KO is you know, the Marks love him. I'm a Mark. You know, everybody loves KO. I mean, I know what you're going for. You want it to be Stone Cold Kevin Owens. I get it. You want Shane to be Vince. Please. I'm sick of seeing him on my television, too. I don't care. I will be getting popcorn. I will be going to the bathroom. I'll be checking my phone. The Sunday Night Baseball game. I do not care about this match. Here are the two things keeping me in this match. One is that, well, I guess three. The first and foremost is that I hope that a KO win means that this is just over and it's done. But the other two, you know, post-WrestleMania, when we got the brief Kevin Owens babyface run when he was with the New Day before he turned on Kofi Kingston, I was upset that he turned so quickly because I was, you know, I was enjoying the babyface run of Kevin Owens. I wish we got a little more of it, but he turned right away. But now, again... This, I mean, he's a little more of like an anti-hero going up against Shane McMahon, but he's still, this is babyface Kevin Owens, and he's putting on great, great stuff. And the last thing is that I think this match is going to, I think it's going to over-deliver because these two guys are going to go out and say, that like, you know, they're going to put out all the stops. I'm- these two guys will do anything. To get a match over, you know, the, the things that Shane McMahon has done in the past. And Kevin Owens, you know, he, he we've seen this feud before flipped with Kevin Owens playing the heel, Shane McMahon playing the babyface. When the, in the Hell in a Cell match, when, you know, again, Shane jumps through the yep, table. Yeah, when Sammy showed sa- up. Exactly. The, the things that these two guys do, again, they'll pull out all the stops. Again, I think it's going to over-deliver. And that's exactly my point. We've seen this before. How many times can I watch Shane McMahon jump through the announce table and do the elbow? How many times can I watch Shane McMahon with his red face and his sweaty ass shirt and his giant neck? And he's pulling his punches. How, how many times can Jordans, I? Yeah, like he's skipping to the ring and he's moving. I just, I've had enough. And even Kevin Owens, the Kevin Owens, the great KO. I couldn't care less about this match. And you'll get some Elias involvement. Maybe this is where you get Drew McIntyre. Hooray. Two, yeah, two guys I'm in have, it now. Two guys that have no business being anyone's lackey, especially Shane McMahon. But KO getting the win over Shane, hopefully putting an end to it. Well, you know, I mean, it. we all know it's going to happen. KO's going to win. Oh, big celebration. Oh, yeah, Shane lost. 
you know who's going to start out SmackDown on Tuesday. You're going to hear, here comes the money, and Shane McMahon yeah. is going to come out limping anyway with his giant neck and his red face, and he's just, it's... It's never ending, and we know that because he's the you know he's <laughs> the seed of Vincent K. McMahon. Uh, it's, I, I I hope it's done. I think there's a good chance that this will be it. That being said, I have been proven wrong time and time and time again. And whenever I think something's gonna happen, they they say, "Oh, well, this this and this is also a good idea." What's sad Shane is Shane McMahon's gonna be the WWE champion by what, years. What's sad is I'm you're just gonna see me sitting down laughing so hard when you get the one, two, three, Shane McMahon goes over on Kevin Owens. It's going to be hilarious. I, I hilarious. Sure I really hope not. Uh three matches to go. Raw women's title, Becky Lynch, Natalia. Sorry, Canada. I I just <laughs> Natalia, just I just don't get it. The thing with Natalia is, I just I I look at Natty. You know she, you know she could work. Canada's gonna pop for the sharpshooter because you know Bret Hart. Remember he's Canadian. Um, I just think these these two girls they'll be able to put on a great show, a great show, great match. You know Becky's Becky. She you know she knows how to work. Those those girls they've they've gone on before. Eric. Or I, the match will be fine. What I am telling you, for 10 years, we've got, when Natalia comes to the ring, the guitar riff from Bret Hart's song. Oh, yeah. Y- you hear that. That's a reminder. Natalia Neidhart. Yo, yo, my father, Jim. Yeah, rest in peace. Pour one out. God bless. My father, Jim. My uncle, Bret. You know, he was the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Correct. And, and Becky Lynch, I'm going to lock you in. My family's superior hold, the sharpshooter. For 10 years, all we have been told about Natalia is that she is from Canada and she is a heart. Yes, she is. Why, why, why should I care about Natalia? In the ring. Well, it doesn't. Other than the fact, hey, you know that famous wrestling family? She's in it. She's in it. <laughs> well, guess what? After this match is over, you won't have to care because Becky's winning. I've never cared. I'm you, not caring now. You won't have to ask. I think it's a submission it match. It is a submission match, which which saves it for me a little. Just just for the the, on the sake of continuity, it makes sense. They both do submissions. It just makes it, I guess it adds a, you know, a wrinkle to it. I mean... It'll be fine. Becky will hit the disarm her. We love puns. And, you know, we'll, she'll you know, do her shtick. She's the man. Just and the, then that'll the, be it. The, the, and I'm not even I'm not even jumping on the, the everything, the man and the Becky Lynch and you know, just throwing well, everything you, down you, my throat. You know my opinion. I'm not, even, ju- I'm not even getting into that. It's just because the whole Natalia thing for 10 years has just been in my eyes. But the... All I just for the love of God, don't put a microphone in Natalia's hand. She can't talk. We know it's okay that she can't. Just don't have her talk. My father and my uncle Brett and the sharpshooter and the best there enough. I hate it. It's terrible. So you're telling me you don't like Natalia? Yeah, uh, it's just, it's just good old Natty. Uh... Sorry, Canada. She's I, losing. I, eh? I can't deal with it. Becky Lynch with the victory, and then sh- and then she'll beat Hogan at WrestleMania or something. I don't know. I mean, at least going. Speaking of Canadians, <clears throat> excuse me. Speaking of Canadians, at least Trish is from there. 
that Calgary is like the wet, like Midwest. Can it's so far it away from Toronto. It just to be in Canada. It's just like, oh, you're from Canada too. Okay, That's at least like, Trish is from there. It's like it's like you're from New York. Oh, California. Oh, nice. You're also from America. Cool. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, whatever. Whole whole thing. Uh, two oh, matches. Can- two, oh, ma- two matches left. The two world titles will start on the SmackDown side of things. Kofi Kingston. Defending against Randy Orton. Obviously, you all know how big of a Kofi guy I am. Kofi Mania ran wild. The title run has been done exceptionally well, I feel. And I think that this is the peak. This is the best work that they've done since Kofi's been champion. Going back into the history books, talking about, you know, in 2009 when they had the feud... When Kofi botched a move, Orton calling him stupid in the middle of the ring, doing the whole thing. And then how, incidentally, Orton kind of held him back, playing into what actually happened, putting it into the storyline. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton is going to, I think, is going to be the best match on the SummerSlam card. I, when Kofi called out Randy on that episode of SmackDown, and I call them by their first names because I feel like they're my I feel friends. like I know them. Um... And I was so glad when he said, you, whatever he said, you remember 2009, right? Because that was when we all thought that it was going to be, you know, Kofi was next. You know, Kofi was was on the rise. Kofi, you know, he hit that leg drop at Madison that's, Square that's what Garden. I was talk about, yep. I mean, and to show that and then to show Randy saying stupid, stupid, which is one of my which favorite awesome. clips of all time. I mean, it just builds it. It just takes it to another level because, yeah, it's been so, it's been 10 years since then, which is wild that it's been 10 years. I mean, it's just it it adds to it. It gives it another another layer to. I mean, yeah, sure, they're fight. You know, it's for the WWE Championship. Randy Orton, which the, would be enough. Exactly, Randy Orton, the future Hall of Famer, the twelve time whatever he is, world champion. I no, think thirteen. It's twelve, thirteen, sure. twenty seven. I mean, uh, Kofi Kingston. You know, his first reign, Cinderella story. You know, and then the fact that Randy brought up that he was the one who injured Ali. Before Elimination Did Chamber. Did you see the video package for I this did. match? It's, again, shout out WWE because those video packages are like, and you, you can watch them over and over again. Must watch just to be like, oh yeah, I remember all this. Randy Orton's pulling out all the stops. 100%. To bring out the point of, I injured Ali, that's why you were able to get into the Elimination Chamber. That's why Kofi Mania happened. I'm responsible. I was responsible for stopping it 10 years ago. I'm going to stop it again right now. He's, 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 again, a motivated Randy Orton is better than anybody. Agreed. I mean, everybody, I remember it was when, um, I think it was like 2003, 2004, when Randy was really coming up, when he was coming up to evolution, Jerry, the King Lawler said that, you know, if you're going to build a sports entertainer from the ground up, it looks like Randy Orton. And I think we're going to see that Randy Orton on Sunday. We're going to see, you know, the best part of Randy, you know, throwing those, those, you know, quick drop kicks. You know, he's going to be so quick in the ring. Everything is just so precise with him. I really think that, you know, because Randy knows, I mean, Randy's almost 40 now, which is also... Which is ridiculous that he's not already. Yeah, I mean, he's almost 40. You know, we don't know how much longer we got Randy Orton for. And I think Randy knows that. Especially because every other month it's, oh yeah, Randy's going to take some time off. And then he never really does. Yeah, he's just, he's he's gone for a couple weeks. He's just putting up videos of him RKO and his kids, which is the best. Yeah, shout out, I mean, Kim Orton, um, 
RKOing him into some water the other day. That was Best. that was on like every sports channel. Barstool, ESPN had it. Just him getting RKO. I wish him. Randy Orton was my dad. <laughs> I mean, Randy Orton. Sorry, was, dad. I mean, Randy is. Um, I think Randy's really going to show that he could still he could still pull out a good match when he's motivated. And I think this is going to be the one. You know, I'd say it was the, it'd be the second main event here, or the match before the main event, the prelude, if you will. Um, I wouldn't call it that. That being said. I but think yeah, we, I agree with we get a trouble in paradise. Kofi goes one, two, three, and gets the signature win in this first WWE championship reign. I also think that Kofi's going to win this match. But then the question becomes, who is the guy to take the title off of Kofi Kingston? Be- because I think that Randy Orton is the perfect guy to do it. I think you give Kofi this. This is a huge win for Kofi. You get two of the big four out of the way. He wins the title at WrestleMania. He holds it. It's been about five months now, four months now. He holds it. He gets the signature win against a bona fide future Hall of Famer, a former champion. Guy's been on top for 15 years now. He gets the signature win against Randy Orton. I think we see Kofi drop the title to Randy Orton at the next pay-per-view. Whatever it may be. Vengeance. Night of Champions. You know, whatever. Clash. Judgment Day. Whatever it is. I think, like, obviously earlier in the show I said I think that the Triple Threat North American title match, I think that's going to be the match of the weekend. But I'm most excited for this match. I'm feeling a lot of false finishes here. I think we'll get a couple RKOs, a couple Trouble in Paradise. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the false finish, but when you use it correctly, yeah. But the, I think the this issue is, this is the, the, the issue time to with do it. that. I mean, I don't know when the last when was the last time somebody kicked out of an RKO. Exactly, 2011. But here's the thing: when you think about all all the matches we have, it's going to be a lot of short matches. I mean, you got Goldberg and Ziggler. Goldberg Ziggler is going to be. Quick. How long are Brock and Seth going to go for? I, I mean, I hope not. There's long. really, it's really not going. How long can Trish go? I mean, there's going to be a lot of short matches. Not there's not, there isn't much that's going to go. The only things that I can really see going more than ten minutes are this, KO and Shane. Probably, maybe the Becky Lynch match, AJ Ricochet, and Finn Finn Balor Bray Wyatt could too. I mean, you got There's going to be a lot of time to fill. I think these guys. This match goes 25 minutes. If you give these guys the time, 25 you, minutes. Then this match, this could be the match of the night. I'm I'm actually going to get guarantee. This is going to be the match of the night. And finally, the Universal Championship, our main event of the evening. Most likely. Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. Brock wins. And now, the, the if you can't tell in the tone of my voice how excited I am for this match, this says nothing. This says nothing about my opinions on Seth Rollins or Seth Rollins or Brock Lesnar. It says about my opinion about Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar together. Oh, this build has this been match cheeks. We, I like Seth Rollins a whole lot. I think Brock is great at what he is asked to do. I want to see Seth Rollins in some great matches. I want to see Brock Lesnar in some great matches. I do not want to see Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar anymore. I don't. We, it, we don't need it. We got it at WrestleMania. It was done. They booked it in a way that Brock looked strong, but Seth looked like a million bucks. You know, he slayed the beast because obviously his new nickname is the Blank Slayer. Slayed the king, <laughs> slayed the beast. 
Eventually, he'll, Thanks, Michael Cole. Th- he'll probably have him beat Becky Lynch. He'll be the manslayer. I don't care. Whatever. I was going to buy that shirt, and then I had to hear it 50 times yes. a week from Michael Cole, so but, then I didn't buy that shirt. But wh- we're getting this match again, which is why I didn't mind that Brock won Money in the Bank. First, I thought it was funny, but then I realized, I you know, if we're going to, there's, uh, there's ways to go, there's things to do, and when he just, oh, look, he cashed, I'm going to cash in on Rollins, I'm going to cash in on Rollins, then he just did. And it happened, and it was clean, and then he left again. It was like, we're, this isn't over. Then the next night after whatever that pay-per-view was, I think that was the stomping grounds. Could have been. When sure. they had the 10-man battle royal, and it was like, oh, who's going to face Brock? And I was invested, and I was into it. And then Seth won, and it turned into, oh, of course we're going to get this again. It's like, remember how they said, oh, we, we did it with the rematch clauses, the, that, you know, phony rematch clause is it's done. It's gone. No more rematches. Yeah, rematches are done. Meanwhile, you build up the whole show. Who's going to win this battle royal? And then, you know, the guy gets his rematch. No more rematches. Meanwhile, this... No more rematches. Meanwhile, this and the United States Championship matches are rematches. Seth won a battle royal. Ricochet won a five five man gauntlet match. If you're not gonna do the if you're just gonna give the guy the rematch anyway, just say, oh rematch clause. But yeah, the ma- the matches were solid. The, the gauntlet match was a lot of fun. The battle royal was as good as a battle royal could be. It was but what it was. But don't insult my intelligence. It's been what it's been. It's Brock and Seth, you know. Michael Cole will yell F5, he'll yell, the Beast Slayer's here, we're about to burn it down, as he does. Um, Corey will say something funny, and then, you know, it'll be one, but two, three, build, and then it'll we'll be getting ready build, for Raw. The past two weeks, I don't get it. Like, the way you bi- the way they're building it, with Brock just beating up Seth mercilessly, sending him in an ambulance, the first week, the second week, just doing this whole sort of thing. That was the, brutal. The dry heaving, the, the blood from the mouth, the whole thing... This leads you to believe that Seth Rollins is going to win the title at SummerSlam. There's no way that Seth Rollins wins this title. Seth Rollins does not work out of the Scotiabank Arena <laughs> with the Universal Championship. There there's is not a chance. I don't think no he way. walks out on his own two feet. We're going to get another ambulance job. I mean, and then what? I mean, and I love Brock Why Le- do I care? And Tell I, me why. And I love Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's big time. He's money. You get Paul Heyman. You know, you get, you know... The idea that, you know, oh, the greatest combat athlete ever, which might be true. But who, uh, you get Roman again? Who's believable? Because Brock is just. Brock's going to lose to Roman at WrestleMania. Uh, And that's what's going to happen. I want to see Seth. I want to see Seth Rollins in some great matches with some new people. I want to see Brock Lesnar get in the ring with other guys. Eric, you know, I said it earlier. I've just been saying it forever. That the match I want to see, the match that has money written all over it, is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Make that match happen somewhere. But Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, we've seen it once. It's not going to be any different however many times you do it. Those two guys, albeit both great, are going to put on the same match every single time. I'm working on Sunday. I'll be snoozing by this match anyway, and I feel like when I wake up, I wouldn't have missed anything anyway. Well, well, that's bad. That's bad to admit. I Um, mean, I get sleepy. All right. Well, that there's SummerSlam for you. We're gonna we're gonna finish it off here. We talked about this before the show. We're gonna give however many, either two or three, our top SummerSlam matches of all time. And I'm I'm making a rule here. The original Triangle TLC with the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. You're not allowed to pick that match because I was about to talk about it. So that's why I'm not well, allowed to. Talk well, we're about gonna it. talk. A, we're gonna talk about it. That's <laughs> why I said you're not allowed to pick it. Go. 
Okay. I mean, I'm not really going in any order here, but one match I really wanted to talk about was back in SummerSlam 2002. It was at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. I've been there. Let's go, Islanders. Um, Shawn Michaels and Triple H in a street fight. Shawn, we all know the story. Shawn Michaels hurt his back in the, the casket match with The Undertaker in 98. He was out for four years. He came back and he doesn't miss a beat. They have an unbelievable match. If you if you've never seen it on the network, it's it was at the top of my list to watch when the network came out, and it was the first match I watched when the network came out. The the, the match, first match I watched was the championship scramble from Unforgiven. That sounds about right. Adam Lee um, original. Um, so that was the first match I wanted to watch. Michaels wins with a roll up, and then just the the whole match. It's just so it's filled with drama. You know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. You know. Sean gets the three count, and good old JR screams, HBK, my God, HBK. And, you know, I I said it, and I got chills down my spine. It's just that's one of my favorite matches of all time. I don't watch it a lot, but it's really, it's one of, it's unbelievable. And it's going to be a common theme with Shawn Michaels on this list. I have two. I only have two. And, you know, one of them is my number one, and the second one is, I don't know if it's two, it's whatever. That one... 2017, I have AJ Styles and John Cena. AJ Styles had officially arrived on the scene. That was 2016. My mistake. AJ Styles gets the huge win over John Cena. He was the face of WWE versus the face of wrestling everywhere else over around the world for the same time span. AJ gets that win, beats Cena clean, which tends to happen at SummerSlam unless your name is Baron Corbin. Cena does the job for you. That AJ Cena match was just absolutely incredible. But my number one, this one, really my favorite match at SummerSlam ever, 2009. Two guys that you and I are very, very familiar with. Sure. The main event of SummerSlam 2009, CM Punk retained, CM who? CM Punk retained the then World Heavyweight Championship. The big gold belt. Against Jeff Hardy. In a tables, ladders, and chairs match. That match was just so, so, so good. Jeff did the swanton off the super big ladder onto the announce table. Everything about that match was incredible. For Jeff Hardy, the best run of his WWE career. If not, in general, his entire career. For Punk, arguably the best heel work that he had ever done. Rivaling... His Summer of Punk stuff in I don't know, 2011. That, that boxing with God promo we did on The Rock. Yeah. I mean, but nah, whatever. But, but at this point, it was right after the Straight Edge Society stuff. He was the Straight Edge Savior, the Second City Saint. Everything he did in this story with Jeff Hardy, just absolutely incredible. That's my number one SummerSlam match of all time. Lofty praise. Great match. Um, but I think we're going to go back... 27 years ago, SummerSlam 1992, coming from good old jolly old England, Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 people. I've watched this match maybe twice. I watched it about three months ago. It is the British Bulldog against Bret the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental title. I remember when you watched that match live, how much you liked it. I did, yeah. Loved it. You were negative two. Loved it. Um, I mean, it was the British Bulldog in England at Wembley. Um, even if you don't know, 
anything about it that seems like it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the crowd, it was was the first time the Intercontinental title main evented a pay-per-view, and the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, God rest his soul, wins with, uh, Brett goes for a roll-up, sunset flip, and the Bulldog, you know, catches him and hits the, you know, goes for a one, two, three, he rolls him up, and the crowd goes absolutely banana lands. I mean, this is, that's a match if you've never seen it, that's also, you know, one you gotta see. And then my favorite SummerSlam match of all time, it's definitely not the best, but Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan from 2005 when, you know, Hulk Hogan brother, you know, Shawn, he wanted Shawn to be the heel and he wanted to beat the bad guy and then leave right after that, brother. And then, you know, Michaels completely oversells him. You could find Hilarious. it on, you could find it on YouTube. I mean, that's just, that's Shawn at his best. Like, and that was like 1997, Shawn in 2005. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's probably the best match Hogan has ever had. If you want me to be honest with you, but it's definitely not the best match Sean has ever had. But the overselling is hysterical. You'll laugh the whole time, and you know you get to see you know the Hulkster brother, and it's just it's it's a good one. And then obviously I said we're not allowed to pick the uh, the first triangle ladder match: Hardy's, Dudley's, Edge, and Christian. It set the table for years and years and years to come. Edge and Christian get that win. What an incredible series of matches those guys had, but none better. Than that first time at SummerSlam. The golden age of tag team wrestling. It was the Hardys, Dudleys, Edge and Christian, you know, Too Cool, New Age Outlaws. You know, they had all these different Turn tag teams. Oh, yeah. You know, Scotty Too Hotty, Grandmaster Sexay, you know. Bang all it, the, all it, those tag it, teams, you know, it. that was when the tag team titles really mattered. All of a sudden, you would see, like, The Rock and Jericho would be winning t- the tag titles. Speaking so. of the tag titles mattering, Scott Dawson put out a tweet. At this point, I'll say yesterday because it's currently 12.30 in the morning. It's late. He put out a tweet saying, hey, everyone, what tag team match are you most excited for on the SummerSlam card? There is no tag team match. I think we can end off that. Forever the revival. Eric, thank you for coming on. A huge what ended up being you know, an impromptu. I said, yeah, we'll probably go for like a half hour. We're currently at just over an hour 20, just under an hour 20 rather. Again, Eric, thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Once more, Matt Weinstein here. This has been an impromptu edition of the Phenomenal Forum.